And we're live. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Vlogcast comes from a skeptical point of view to answer some of the questions of why. This vlogcast started as a combination of spite and the Streisand effect because people didn't like what we were doing one night and just said, you know, it's not really fun. Could you, you know, cut that shit out? Okay. Part of this is to follow through with the old adage, sometimes the journey is more important than the destination. I'm your main host. I'm known as Shujin Tribble all over the place. It's kind of hard to miss me. You can find me S-H-U-J-I-N pretty much everywhere under that name. Yeah, it's it's going to be one of those fun and wonderful cold nights. Tell you about that in a couple of moments. Um, this is going to be a very short part right now. From the Midwest of the frozen U.S., good evening, Bridget. Good evening. And south of me into also equally frigid Pittsburgh. Good morning, Joey. I'll see what's so good about it. I'm sorry for the delay. I'm sitting here trying my best to bundle up because apparently central heating isn't necessarily a thing. Mm. Yes, and uh, to basically explain for everybody what's going on. Yeah, it's only the three of us at the moment. However, that is slated to change a little bit. I did get word from Unredo Tech that he's busy doing some cleanup on a party. He should be joining us a little bit later. And Joseph has already said that he's working on getting himself over here, so we'll have them joining us momentarily. Uh, Dallin... Uh, his computer's still down, so he may end up joining, you know, with his phone. Uh, I don't see him anywhere, so I don't know if that's really going to have happened. We'll see what happens. I have my phone on the countertop over here, and I did not turn the ringer off, so if I get a message, I'll hear it at least. So whatever, we'll deal it from there. So thank you guys for being with us. If you are watching live, of course, as always, you know, please feel free to take advantage of the live chat. I think it's over on this side for you guys. Pretty sure I could be wrong. I don't know. For me, it's on this side of my screen. So, you know, screw you guys. It works for me. At the moment, uh, Trippin, hi. Good to see you. Stephanie, good morning. Uh, yeah, we were just saying just before we went live that uh, it's been uh, it's been weird nasty cold and then warm and then cold again bridget especially you were saying you know up and down in the 30s and up in the 50s and then back down in frigid and you having fun with all that are you out there God, when i went to work yesterday it was 11 and the wind chill was seven which eh. and that's fahrenheit not celsius yeah yeah and it was not fun in the day and actually hours before that it had been 65 so yeah my sinuses are loving it <laughs> and joe you're saying the heating is just all kinds of fun view out there right now huh? considering that my heating this heating system in my apartment building predates radio yeah Look at the bright side. Uh, you could always, um, let's see, what could he do? Uh, you could um, disable the safety interlink on a microwave oven and heat the place that way. I don't have a microwave oven. Oh. Okay. Uh, I had a microwave oven. I'll take it aside. And then something inside of it, instead of go pop, 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 
zap pop and now i don't have a microwave oven i have a very hefty paperweight with internal uh storage mm. okay um that's kind of sad yeah, uh, the the first thing that I would actually recommend, believe it or not, is uh, every once in a while, boil some water. But hey, it has it has renewed my vigor for cooking, so to speak. <laughs> and Stephanie is saying, look up Passivos sometime. I don't know what that is, but... You know what? A quick Google later tells you, oh, passive house. Ah. Got it. Yeah. Um, thanks. I'll just keep that in mind. It's, it's, it, it's good. It's good. Um, me personally, I got some, uh, I bought some new weather stripping for my front door because I was going to go pick up the little one uh, from uh, play practice. Yes, on a Saturday. It's a long story. And I looked at the door handle, and I'm like, oh, I can see sunlight through that crack. I'm not supposed to be able to see sunlight through that crack. Yeah. So, yeah. That's 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 going to be fun and entertaining, I guess. Is what it is. But, you yeah, know, deal with it later. Weather stripping. Yeah, it's not nearly as much fun as what people, what young guys would like to think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, it sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it does. But it will be what it will be. We'll kind of work from there. So, as I was mentioning, guys, feel free to take advantage of the uh, live chat so we can uh, check up with you guys. It's going to be a little bit interesting because we've got uh, not exactly a full contingent, but we'll make do. And Considering that uh, we're going to be talking on the mostly on the medical side, at least we've got our medical expert in the group because we're going to have a little bit of fun with that uh, also at some point. I'll, I'll explain. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, you don't know the half of it right now. What are you going to do to me? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, you know what? Because I have to get started with the show. Uh-huh. I will tell you when we come back because I full-on want your reaction to be uh, completely on record because it's going to be so worth it. And Joe, let me tell you, you're going to have a good laugh at this part too. Mm. Believe me. I will. Uh, I will see about. Uh, I will see about sharing a link uh, later. But for right now. Let me get everything started with your five-minute freestyle, because five-minute freestyle starts right now. You know, there's, uh, I, I know full well that there are going to be some people that, who know me well enough, who are just like, generosity, oh, that's great, he's going to make a My Little Pony reference. No, no, Gener generosity is one of those things that, you know, we don't really think about a lot. We just kind of, you know how the expression is, friends do. You know, that's that's really what it comes down to a lot of times. And sometimes you don't even need to be friends. Sometimes it's just, okay, somebody's in a spot. Y you can help them, so you do. You know, you don't go looking for anything back. It's just, all right, you know what? You uh, you kind of 
drove into a snow ditch by accident. Not like anybody really chooses to do that unless they're, I don't know, in a Jeep. And you know, at that point, you know, screw you. It's your own damn fault. But, you know, sometimes you try to take a turn a little too tight. There's a little too much black ice. You slide into a thing and people help to pull you out. Okay, fine. You could end up at a an event outside and, you know, there's a bunch of mud. And an ambulance is trying to make its way through that mud to get to an actual driving surface. And a crap ton of people get together to push the backside of that ambulance. Get it going. Cool. But there are times where you do because you can, because it's fun. And you don't do it because you're expecting to have anything back. I had an event that I that I did recently. And I said, you know what? Um, three hours of time for something that I enjoy doing anyway. And I'm doing it for, you know, a, a bunch of folks who really not going to have a lot of money to work with. Okay. So how about this? I'll do it for effectively, you know, a minimal amount, a pittance, really 10 bucks an hour, maybe 10 bucks an hour. And, you know, give me, give me food and drink. Okay. They like that about cool. Okay. So I come in, I get everything rolling. I do my bit. I come out and, you know, we're packing up, getting ready to go. And guy comes over. He's like, okay, here you go. Here's your money. Fold it up. Cool. We just go ahead and just flip, flip. Wait a minute. Here's a 20. Here's another 20. Here's a 10. Uh, and he said, please. And I gave him this kind of sideways look. I'm like, wait a minute. Are you sure that, please, you did a great job just here, please. And I really didn't want to, because I mean, that's not what I was looking to get. I wasn't, I, I just wanted to, you know, just a little something. And now I'm in a bind because I want to do right for these guys. And I think that I did. I wasn't embarrassing to anybody. I came in on time. I did my stuff. I got my setup done. Everything was working great. Everybody had a good time, but they wanted to do a little bit, something extra for me. So here's the problem. I wanted to do something generous. I wanted to help these guys have a good time and not pay three times the amount of money easy that somebody else would have done. I know what I'm doing. I did a good job. I had fun. Folks had fun. And they said, you did more than what we think that you were going to do with the amount of money that you were asking for. So here, here's a little bit more. It's not something that I go looking for. I don't ask for people to do more. And like a lot of other people, I will probably end up selling myself short a lot of times because in this case in particular, I wanted to do and give more than what they were actually paying for because I wanted them to have the money. And they said, you know what? 
we'll give you a little bit more anyway, because we think that it was worth it. The Italian in me wants to say, you're supposed to refuse three times. You know, there's, there's standards for these things. But when somebody's being generous back to you, like I said, the Italian in me has got to say, what are you going to do? I'm just glad I was able to do the right. I think it did. This is episode 248 on the docket, Your Honor. Little pricks, you know. Um, I was trying to figure out how to, uh, how to word this one, and I, I had a couple of other ideas run through my head. I don't remember what they were now, but as far as to what the title it, but you know, when we heard that there were a couple of outbreaks of communicable diseases in the last month, because some people were not inoculated against various things like, uh, oh, I don't know, um, measles and polio and smallpox and uh, gout or whatever the hell it was it was going around suddenly there's like a big explosion of people getting sick from stuff that they shouldn't have but oh no we gotta have the anti-vaxxers go ahead and say my little baby not gonna get the little pricks you see where i'm going with this mm -hmm. but there's an upside to it which is we heard that in a lot of these areas, vaccinations are suddenly up 500%. Oh, sure. Amazing how that happens. So we're going to talk a little bit about that because, um, yeah, it's amazing what happens when you suddenly get the fear of God in you, if you will. Pardon the expression. Because it is, I did go looking up to see if there was any new information about Rafe Badawi. I don't have any new information for you guys, unfortunately. So, with the recording of tonight's show, it has now been six years, seven months, 27 days since Rafe Badawi was unjustly incarcerated for thought crime. Our thoughts and our hopes are still with you and your family. We're still waiting. So, let me go ahead and uh, before we jump into that, uh, into that particular uh, item, Bridget, let me uh, let me see if I can refind. I, I know I've got the link, but I've got to I've got to point it over to your way because one of my I can I can actually get away with saying it. One of my Twitter accounts did send it out. Now, which one it is, I'm not going to say because reasons. Because come on, I'm not going to tell you guys everything. I just have to scroll around to find the damn thing. See, this is what happens. Here we go. I found it. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, put the link in our group chat so we can take a look at it. Now we'll explain for the folks at home what's going on, what Bridget is currently looking at, and, and maybe Joe. And uh, as an aside, by the way, from across the pond over into uh, <laughs> over to Paris, good morning, Joseph. If you're speaking, we don't hear you. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, we've got no audio from you at the moment, Joseph. So anyway, so what I just fed to the guys is 
a uh, a, a very cool article that came through from uh hmm. was it again it was uh bitly dorkley sorry from dorkley the title of which is two doctors figured out how to treat a centaur having a heart attack but where would the heart be located that's the problem well no that's not the only problem you see oh, it's going up. joseph i think i hear you now oh can you hear me now Yes, I can. Good morning. Oh, okay, I had the hardware muting on. Ah, that'll do it. Welcome back. But the thing is, this thing is so old that I couldn't see which button was which because, anyways. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to share that link with the uh, with the live chat so you guys can go ahead and have a, a fun with that. I will make sure that that is in the show notes because, well, why the hell not? Because this was too damned funny. Um... So a couple of doctors kind of got into it on on uh, on Twitter, tried to figure out if a if a centaur is having a heart attack, where are you supposed to put the defibrillation points? And it came down to a matter of well, um, okay, you could zap the human half, but um, small problem with that. Don't think a human heart is really going to drive enough blood for the rest of that body. And then they went ahead and said, well, um, if you've got the heart in the horse into the body is that going to be enough to kind of drive all the way up into the head without um you know doing damage and such what if you've got one in each half because uh, i mean if one starts to go into cardiac arrest the other one probably will too and then and my, then my, yes my question was always uh does a centaur have two sets of balls <laughs> nope no, that one we can definitively say is a no. However, and Bridget, I think that you're going to have a fun one with this. They went ahead and had this problem of trying to figure out, well, um, you ain't going to be able to put paddles on a centaur's horse body because what's the biggest problem you're going to have besides trying to be able to stretch your arms around to around the body, do you think? Trying to reach it. That's that's what I was just saying. Besides trying to reach around to the different areas, what's the problem with how much juice it'll push? Well, I mean, if it takes more to do that one, you could end up frying the other one. Um, well, that's, that's I mean, how do you know what dosage to get? I mean, what? how many volts to give them? Remember, it's not the volts, it's the amps that'll get you. There's a, there's a story, there's a line there. There's a line there. I'll explain it another time. I'll explain it later. But um, what they basically figured out is a human-sized defibrillation machine ain't going to have enough juice to jumpstart an equine heart. If somebody goes ahead and goes into cardiac arrest, you've got a centaur heart in the in the equine half. You got to cut them open and use internal paddles to get them started again. Ouch. See, and me, I'm looking this whole thing over, and I'm just thinking, why not just get a couple of acupuncture points and cast chain lightning, man? It's this whole same damn thing. It'll get right in there, right? Sure. I'm not the only, <laughs> I'm not the only dork in the group, I'm I mean, sure. it's like we get a shaman to, uh, you know, cast some kind of uh, anti-plague spell. In, 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 anti-plague spell? Yeah. Or anti, uh, 
I don't know, some kind of curse removal or disease removal or some kind of healing. <laughs> That's what shamans do. Okay, hold on. <laughs> There's a moment here. Oh, only that, one. Well, specifically this one that needs needs uh, some special showcasing of its own. Courtesy of Fred Wu, MD. Commercial defibrillators only go up to 360 joules, 200 joules. I, I don't know. I'm not familiar with defibrillators, so I don't know how you would pronounce that rating properly. But anyway, seems like wishful thinking uh, to hope that that will get through the horse chest. Is saying that offensive to centaurs? Um, I'm, I'm going to go with no. At least I would, I would, I would hope not. In the in the in the current climate, I don't know how you would say uh, centaur face. So no, I mean literally, he's the one that asked the question. Is saying that offensive to centaurs? You know what? As soon as we can find the centaur, I'm sure that we will ask. Just a thought. And Doc Waxon, uh, you should be asleep by now. But it's just you and me, whatever. Anyway, so uh, Bridget, I thought that you'd have a, a grand old time with that because I just saw that earlier today and I thought, oh, you're going to love that one. So you have fun with that one later, huh? Yeah. Enjoy how, the how many jewels can we give the equine heart before it blows out the human heart? Uh, if I have a defibrillator that was strong enough. You know, I was going to make a joke about Saturday night and how much wine it would take, and I don't think that that's really the joke that we're allowed to make on this show right now. Oh, okay. Joe knows where I'm going. Oh, God. Yes. See what I've got here? See what I've got here? You know what these are? They're hands. Some people get the joke right now, and some people are like, what? Trust me, it's a really obscure joke at this point. And it's really, really sad, too, because, um, yeah. Oh, boy. I just... You know what I'm talking about. Who asks these fucking questions? Apparently doctors who have better things to do with their time. <laughs> um, uh, all I know is that it was funny as hell to see that come across. And it's like, wow. Um, okay, then. And, of course, somebody had to pipe in with the little excerpt from their... Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Yeah, yeah, but believe it or not, okay, there is, uh, there, there, there is, however, let me find that image. Well, while you're looking for it, <clears throat> centaurs can let medium creatures ride on them. Centaurs are also considered medium creatures. <clears throat> Time to play an all centaur party that stacks up into vol fucking Voltron. That could be. Uh, there is a picture, and I'm opening this up on my screen right now so I can show you guys. And let me share this out. Because, Bridget, I would love to get your real quick and dirty on this. One of the pictures that was given was when they were talking about the idea of uh, would the... Okay, if the horse heart is sufficient alone to pump blood all through the uh, all through the body then evolution would have caused the disappearance of the human heart by this point 
in which case you would defib location B, the equal mm-hmm. part, a fascinating mental exercise, which was responded with, not necessarily. The hagfish has several accessory or auxiliary hearts, and an octopus has a stomach heart that circulates throughout the body and two branchial hearts that circulate it through the gills. Nature is more diverse than you might think. And put this picture, which I'm assuming is for, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing this is for a hagfish. I didn't look it up in particular, but that's, that's what I'm going with. And this one is showing that you have brachial heart, one, portal heart, two, two cardinal hearts, that brings you up to four, two caudial hearts, that brings you up to six. You've got six hearts in one animal. Now, other than Time Lords, who we know full well have two, mm-hmm. uh, what do you do when you've got something like this and somebody says, yeah, what animal is this? As a medical person, I have to I have to believe you've never seen no. anything like this in, in, no. in humanity because it's not supposed to happen that way. No, but having redundant hearts, you know, could be a, a safeguard. It could be a good feature to have. Um, if one of them happens to go into arrest, that doesn't necessarily mean the second one will. Because, <laughs> you know, blood clots can, you know, damage heart tissue and just affect one organ. And to be fair, uh, I know for well that uh, Klingons have uh, an extra heart, so keep that in mind. Because, I mean, you know, it's kind of hard to kill you if you've got two. Yeah, redundancy is not not a bad thing. No, I'm just saying, Worf is a second coming of Christ. I mean, we saw him rise from the dead. Yeah, well, we've seen Tudorant and Griffin die three times, so you know, fight it. By the way, from, right. out, from outside of, uh, um, wow, they're they're still working. We hope, um, Washington. Are you talking about next week, morning. not this week? Yeah, I know, I know. They're they're still working now. Good morning. No, good morning. So, uh, yeah, like I said, I saw this whole thing and it was just like, wow, uh, this is too damn funny. So how does this relate to vaccination? Uh, well, it was a medical thing that had come through on my uh, on my thing. And Joe, that's too long. I will have to read that later because I can't read that now. But that's okay. okay. No, it's, 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 it's fine. It's, I just wanted to let you know that I saw this there. Okay, cool. What is it? Click. Plink. Okay, I'm not reading that now because I I have to be able to talk and it's hard enough to do as it is. Gotcha. And you know, I'm I'm an advocate for Dungeons and Dragons applies to everything in life. I mean absolutely everything. I had to retake my uh active shooter training, like all people do who work on bases and so on and so forth. And you know, you get to the QA and discussion section and you know, my smart ass is like, you know, if I was trying to take out a building filled with cabalds, I wouldn't go in with a gun and just go shoot them up. I'd block off all the entrances and just burn the building down. In which case, I got a lot of stairs. <laughs> no, it makes sense. I mean, you keep somebody on the inside that is already on the inside and you burn them down. All that's left is, well, loot, which is metal. 
which is not going to be very affected by fire. Depends on the metal if it's gold, but you can reforge, you know, re-smelt that into coins and stuff. Oh, sure. And it's always about the loot. Assuming, assuming a typical typical house fire would be enough to melt the gold. Exactly. Yeah, yeah but I mean, let's face it. You can easily sort, you know, uh, dripped gold out of, you know, ash. That's not too difficult. I mean, you wait Besides, for it to rain. And, you know, and anybody who tries to do that to a government building by reenacting scenes out of Dungeons and Dragons, well, when you see an idiot and standing in the middle of the road pointing at a government building, yelling fireball on top of his lungs or her lungs. And I was like, hmm, maybe we should get that person a medical professional. Because the military are very quick to kind of look at somebody and go, that person's a problem. <laughs> fireball, now that could be misconstrued. If they're, if they're shouting a lightning bolt and throwing their hands at the building. Then they might uh, just be at the wrong site because, you know, those LARPers. Well, you have to watch out for those wizards. Yeah, I can just see it now. Doctor, you made it too late. He's dead. I didn't lose my medical degree for nothing. Necromancer 101, here we go. I can just Summon corpse. <laughs> some people get it. Some people Believe it or not, on Reddit, that was a writing prompt. Yeah. There was a writing prompt of, you are the most successful doctor. People die, or, or people are coming, are seeing you with, like, deadly diseases and ailments, and they leave you completely cured. The, sequ the truth is, you're a necromancer. You kill them and raise them from the dead, and nobody knows the difference. <laughs> and, and I'm going, that could work. And welcome to the philosophical, the philosophical problem of the meat puppet answer to how do transporters work. Yeah, um, SCP 4981. But now, what I want to know is if a necromancer happens to kill you and then raise you back from the dead, can you use the reanimated corpse as a pet? You know, whatever you want to do on your weekend, no, your business I don't want to. I'm know. just gonna say, you know, all it takes is a collar, a leash, and a tail butt plug, and you could have just about any pet you want. You know, I was trying to keep a really class. I was trying to have a nice, classy talk show. And what happens? These sons of bitches come ahead and start talking about butt plugs. And, you know, really? Why do you invite me on the show if you don't want to talk about butt plugs? I still answer the same question every damn time. Because what? I have... We love you, man. Like yeah, you know what? We I love you. You know what? Screw you, man. I don't, I don't, I don't care. What was that? A, a, a butt box? No, don't know. Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. I mean, come on. Nah, Mr. Robinson's neighborhood. Yeah. We're not, you know, we're not the Bob Ross about. butt plug. Today's word, children, is incarceration. <laughs> you know, it's gonna be one of those. All right, so let's Bob talk Ross about con Bob Ross condoms helps prevent happy little accidents. So about this whole vaccination thing, it's going to be one of those nights, man. I'll check and see who that is. So, Bridget, really quickly, um, I did not realize that the ideas of vaccination go back over 200 years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
granted, it is one of those moments where what could easily pass for mad scientist material in any, you know, fiction of the time turned out to be something somewhat beneficial. <laughs> yep, true enough. Uh, if anybody uh, goes looking through the uh, the wiki articles that I've linked in the in the show notes, you'll see what I'm talking about. So go ahead. Yeah, uh, Edward Jenner in uh, Cowpox. Goes back to 1798. Let me just take this young boy and rub cow pus in his wounds. There we are. Uh, well, you have to do something with the milkmaid pus. I mean, I, I, I don't ever want to hear milkmaid. I'm not, I don't <laughs> even want to say it. Do you know what I'm drinking? Do you know what I'm drinking right now? Yes. No. I'm drinking Tang. I oh, don't tang. want to it's be. It's got the, pus. I'm sorry. It's a what now? So Tang doesn't have milk pus. You're okay. You know, I wanted to have a nice, classy <laughs> talk show. I just wanted to have a nice, classy talk show. Oh, oh no! Did you pick the wrong cast? No shit, Sherlock. God, Dig deeper, Watson. If the, if I swear I swear to God, if they ever get Deadpool in the MCU, if he does not ever say that to Morton Downey Jr., so help me, I'm gonna shoot somebody. Really, really am. It needs to be said. Some people are really wondering what I'm talking about. I don't care for you guys, so you know that's fine. Uh, and funny enough, since uh, Mr. Rogers' neighborhood was mentioned, uh, I just got the confirmation. It looks like Breakfast with Fred is going to happen this year. I did not know that the man died of stomach cancer. Wait, who? Mr. Rogers. Uh, uh, that would be a painful way to go. Look, I didn't even know Stan Lee died, so I'm still coping with that. Well, he, he died a while back, didn't he? Did just a couple months ago, if I remember right. Yeah, well, I didn't know. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, uh, back back on track, as it were. So the idea of vaccination, inoculations, is to... They did a documentary today. Sorry about that. Well, now that you've gone ahead and jumped in there, what are you talking about? Uh, Mr. Rogers, they, they aired a documentary um today and it talked about his life all the way up to his death and that's how found people found out he died of stomach cancer okay i'm, I'm sorry I'm, I'm a little slow on the uptake right now just about 10 seconds behind at the moment that's okay yeah I know. I'm, 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 I'm working on it that's all right yeah. I, I'm, I need my medicine no. Yeah, I back to vaccinations. And, yeah, sorry. Yeah, and uh, tripping. Yeah, I know. That's that's over on on tech side, unfortunately, at the moment. There's a little bit of uh, bleed through that's or or something that's echoing back into us from you. Thanks. We'll figure it out from there. Anyway, so inoculations and vaccination. The idea is basically to have the body's natural immune system take care of an invader by giving it a little bit to kind of 
get the feel for it, get a taste for it, and then later you body knows what to do with it, which is kind of cool. Now, for those of you that are wondering, well, okay, that's all well and good, but 200 years, come on, it couldn't have gone back that far. Well, um, yeah, we've been doing science for a very, very, very long time. So let's see. Um, let's yeah. see. Uh, um, 200 years ago, um, what Jenner discovered was that you could take a little bit of pus from milkmaids who had cowpox and inoculate people against smallpox. And that was huge. Now, let's let's be clear about something. Yes, I know full well that in the personal, talking about pus is kind of discomforting. I get that. I understand that. But in the abstract, here's something that's an important piece of it all. Bridget, basically, what is, well, for lack of a better way of putting it, what is what actually composes what we would typically refer to as pus? Well, it's white blood cells. Um, it's not right. just. No, it's not just. In <laughs> Thank you. <sighs> you're, you're Googling this just as quickly as you can. I right am here. because I'm like, what? All right. Well, let's 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 go with that for for a couple of seconds, though, at least. Um, infections, death, white blood cells, and bacteria. All right. All right. And, and it's gunk. Lots of gunk. That's the technical term for it, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll I'll go with that. Anyway, um, white blood cells. That remind me, are they? Um, what's? Shoot, I'm actually trying to remember. What's the the, the technical term for a uh, white blood cell? Leukocyte. Leukocyte. Okay, I was I was I was suddenly thinking to myself macrophage, and I'm like, no, no, that's not the that's not the right term. Yeah, all right. So white blood cells, leukocytes, which are the fighting regiments out there in in your blood cells, if you didn't already know about it, their whole job is basically to find stuff that's not supposed to be in you and go ahead and just um. Well, if it can't figure out how to get rid of it on its own, it kind of reports back into the body to try to figure something that'll do it. And if memory serves, that's the liver, isn't it? Well, I mean, liver does remove toxins and things, but generally what will happen um, is if your immune system can't deal with something, then it will send in a bunch of white blood cells that will surround and try to isolate what, you know, wherever the offender is. So because of that, they will end up having a whole bunch of chemical signatures that are identified for various different uh, diseases. Some it recognizes, some it doesn't. And the ones that it does, it kind of holds on to that memory so that later, if it gets infected with the same damn thing, it can send out much more specialized snipers to go out there and kill whatever the hell it is. I'm I'm kind of metaphoring just a little bit. That's that's not too far off, I hope. I'm not I'm not making you think, oh god uh, uh, eh. 
Well, you know, sending out the little troopers to go blow up the little bastards. Blow up the little bastards. I like the way that sounds. Yes. Because <laughs> more firepower is always good. Yeah. So with with uh, I know, I know, I know. It's it's kind of making me squirm a little bit too, just thinking about it and saying it, but when you take pus, which you've got a collection of those antibodies and chemical signatures and some weakened stuff, and you give it to somebody else's body. Well, first off, mixing blood to blood is not such a good idea. So you really shouldn't do that. But you give somebody the pus itself, which is just the white blood cells and some of the gunk and a weakened version of whatever the hell it is, in this case, cowpox, well, suddenly um, people do much better. And that is literally the entire basis of how vaccinations work even 200 years later, uh, with some minor differences at this point. Uh, if memory serves, I believe the only real difference is we're actually using um, actual sterilized needles, and um, preservatives so that the stuff can get from point A to point B and hold for months and months at a clip without losing potency and still being safe. Sounds about right? Mm -hmm. So fast forward from 200 years ago to the, let's see, uh, let's say um, the 70s. And we have a major milestone that ends up happening in the human inoculations area. And that would be the eradication, the first eradication of a very, well, Small a box. really, yeah, a really nasty one. Yeah. Remember Wasn't it 74 when they stopped vaccinating against that? Uh, no, but if memory serves, it was either 73 or 74 when the last in the wild patient was documented. And then that was it. I know I could, uh, I know I could pull up the particular item, but it was, um, it was the, the first time that humanity actually went ahead and took complete control of one disease and has literally wiped it off the face of the planet save for a few choice research locations now it looks like it was uh, the last naturally occurring case was in 77 and then in 1980 they declared that it had been eradicated yay there you go and uh stephanie's got an item over here uh cowpox is a weaker, a weaker relate, relative. I can't talk. Cowpox is a weaker relation of smallpox. Mm -hmm. The previous method was to infect your child with smallpox and leave them to suffer in a shed until they died or recovered. Wow. Um, that's... Um, that's hideous. Yeah, well, you know, it... it uh... God, I can't believe I'm just suddenly thinking this. Um, I was just thinking, you know, you could just put them in the menstruation shack and, and let them survive it out that way. 
Because that would have still been a thing, eh? Well, in some areas. Joy. Is where my brain goes. Sorry. Oh, great. And I'm just thinking to myself, I, I just suddenly realized to myself, heretic woman would be bitching up a storm right about that. Yeah. That's exactly what we need. Go ahead and have uses for those menstruation checks in the off two, three weeks in between. That's perfect. She's never getting out of my head, is she? No. 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 Wouldn't we wouldn't want it any other way. Fuck you too, hon. Fuck you too. There's there's my two. There's my two for the night. Anyway. But if people want to go ahead and say everything on this planet was created by God, or more appropriately, by God, by God, you see what it is there. Uh, yeah, humanity went ahead and said, um, no, no, this isn't good enough, and we're getting rid of that. And we did. Collectively, we got rid of it. The whole, the whole place, the whole, the whole, all six billion of us at the time just collectively said, nope, gone, bye. And we did it. Good on us. And now we have people who have slowly been gaining steam trying to say, we don't want that anymore. My baby shouldn't be given all these different injections. Please, somebody tell me that you've seen the meme picture of the doll, the little baby doll, with all the different little syringes stuck into its arms and its legs, poking out like some kind of mangy... Uh, pin cushion anybody nobody do i have to go looking for this picture i haven't seen it <laughs> you haven't seen that one no i haven't seen that one either okay which means that i gotta go hunting me a picture that's great while i'm doing that bridget um you, you know what actually wait a second joe how about you go ahead and kind of recap us back with the many times that you got over-vaccinated because I know how much you just love to think back on these moments and I need time to kill. Well, see, unlike all those lovely, very caring parents out there who just don't want their babies to get stuck with all these dangerous chemicals and whatnot... Yeah, I didn't really get much of a choice in the matter. First of all, I grew up in, you know, uh, Chicago and then in some podunk town in freaking Ohio. Um, at the time, they didn't really have this anti-vaxxer movement. So kids got vaccinated, whether you, whether you wanted to or not. So all mine got done, you know, when I was, uh, after I was born and whatnot. And then as I grew, uh, uh, as I came up as a child, but then when I went into the military, 
yeah, you don't have the right to uh, refuse a vaccination. And a lot of the stuff that they gave you was stuff you'd already had anyway. Mm. Like when we went through basic training, they you know, gave us MMR. The, had it. <laughs> the number one thing that I can say to any prospective uh, recruit, whatever paperwork you get, you make sure you get multiple copies. Because they lost my paperwork on my vaccination records so many times. Uh, if I remember correctly, the anthrax vaccine is supposed to be a six-part or seven-part uh, vaccination process, is it not? Bridget? I've never had that one. Mm. Yeah. Um, time. I've had over 23 shots with different uh with different iterations of the va uh anthrax vaccine wow i'm technically not allowed to donate blood yeah so just realized i almost did the same thing that you've done a couple times joe i started to i was just about uh, ready to talk and wow look at that i've actually got my uh, my microphone muted i should really change that <laughs> So first time for me. So here is the picture in question that I've seen before. And typically the anti-vaxxers will end up using the top part, which is the little baby doll with a whole bunch of syringes stuck in it. And each one of them is labeled with a marker that says things like uh, uh, HIV is one of them that I can read. Can't really see what the rest of them are. But it says what it is and when baby is supposed to get it. And I assume that it's actually stuck into the thighs and the arms because that's typically where it's supposed to be given. Now, if memory serves, most of these, uh, if not all of these, are supposed to be um, intramuscular, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. And the... The technical term intramuscular basically means the injection point is inside of the muscle, and that's where the fluid basically gets absorbed from, as opposed to getting it in a vein. Because trying to get a, a vein in a in a in a baby is not something that should be handled easily. Because oh my god, that's just no. There is no phlebitum. That I don't. I don't yeah. know of any vaccines that are given. Ivy, I, I don't. I would also think that they would choose an intramuscle injection site simply because less likely that it will uh, be relocated in the body and therefore possibly cause some complication uh, compared to, say, an IV. Yeah, and like I was saying, but, uh, not to mention the fact that uh, any phlebotomist that would be able to get a line on a baby that size, yeah, that's that's a that's a whole other level of black magic. I can't imagine anybody choosing to do that any more than once in their career. But that's just me. Anyway, so yeah, they want to talk about oh, this is so bad. This is what these are all the vaccinations that. You know, a child gets in by age two. 
Yeah, if you grouped and the guy's second point, if you grouped anything uh, two years worth of anything on a doll for a picture, you think it would probably be just as scary. Uh, you take two years of how many cigarettes I smoke. And, uh, wow. Yeah. So, the question... Anybody? Yeah, so the text on the on the original picture, it says, doll represents how many vaccines a child receives by age two. Any questions? Which, of course, right there is just... Uh, Bridget, in the healthcare, I have to imagine that as soon as you see a thing like this where it's obviously super distorted and being the skeptic type person especially on the show that you are seeing the whole any questions has got to make you just go okay let's have a little bit of you deserve to have the backside of your head hit with a clue by four moment yeah and one thing that came up recently that I thought was kind of funny. I mean, it's not funny, but it is funny. Um, is a parent in Washington who is currently in the middle of an outbreak of measles was like, so gee, what do I do with my three-year-old to keep him from getting measles because I haven't vaccinated my kids. And people were like, well, you know, get ready to bury your kid. And, uh, well, I guess I'd be considered middle age because they're going to die, you know, by the time they're six and really giving that mother hell, but she deserved it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you know, that she probably just named her child girl, you know, <laughs> see yeah. that, the thing that, uh, I was going to respond to your question with Shujin was that there's a reason why there are so many parodies of the old uh, anti-drug PSA, the, the whole heroin thing. This is your brain. This is your brain on heroin. <laughs> Any questions? Yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll see about licking that one in too, but uh, I will make sure that uh, there's also a, uh, a wonderful clip of Dr. House talking with someone who was who was anti-vax and uh, yeah we'll deal with that one afterwards but they uh the response on this one from somebody i have no idea who it could have been a wonderful three quest uh, uh three answers to the uh the question of any questions here their part is number one which well actually number two first like joey pointed out if you group two years worth of anything on a doll for a picture, do you think it might look scary as well? I can't imagine how many boobs you would have to surround the baby with if you're breastfeeding because, oh my God, you want to talk about a K-cup. That's not just for coffee anymore at that point. Hmm. But number one is, which of the diseases that these shots guard against would you like your child to be at risk of contracting? And number three is, and I'm going to come back around to that one in a second. Have you ever had polio? Neither have I, thanks to vaccines. Let's kind of go back through this one just a couple of seconds, because there is, there is a really, there's a really important piece to uh, kind of answer to this one. Which of the diseases that these shots guard against would you like your child to be at risk of contracting? 
what would be, let's say, the least lethal to children in the group of stuff that infants would be uh, immunized against? Least lethal? Yeah. Probably well, right. chicken pox. <laughs> okay, you know what? Hold on a second. That's that's not bad. Because as a kid, the uh, chicken pox vaccine had not come yet. That's true. I had chicken pox twice. Yes, I know. Oh, it's rare, okay. but it happens. I had it twice, and I stayed home. I had... Uh, calamine lotion put uh, dotted all over me, and, and it, I got news for you. Calamine lotion doesn't do shit. It doesn't do shit. But bad news for you. Yeah. Since you've had it twice, or was able to have it twice, you're probably going to be at higher risk of getting shingles when you get older. Yay. Joy. Hmm. Well, um, look at the bright side. I don't have any plans on having any more kids, so good for me, right? Yeah, um, but you have to go out in public, and then you have stupid anti-vaxxers, so you're going to be exposed to chicken pox at some point. Great. That's but you don't have to be great. exposed to chicken pox to get shingles. It can just happen. Okay, then. So I guess I'll just uh, sit myself... a shingles vaccine you can get, and I would highly recommend you get it when you turn 50 because yeah shingles hurts i guess i got stuff that i gotta look forward to yay joy anyway yeah so you get a new vaccine and a finger up your butt yeah 50 is wonderful <laughs> look you're half a century old if you haven't already we're gonna stick a finger up your butt and feel your prostate you know I wanted to have a nice, classy show. It is classy. Have... There is the prostate is extremely classy. Oh, well, colonoscopies are a lot of fun too. There you okay, go. I just stepped away to use the restroom <laughs> for just a fucking moment. What the hell did I just walk into? My prostate, apparently. <laughs> I just wanted a nice, simple, classy talk show. Was that so much? No, I'm not even gonna bother. I'm not. I'm. You know what? I'm not even gonna bother anymore. I'm not even gonna bother. It is what it is. So, congratulations, Joey. Welcome to my prostate. <laughs> so, um, if there is a shingles vaccine, <laughs> why do we have to wait until we're fifty to get it? Now that I don't know. Um... Because I I had chicken pox as a kid. So did my sister. Okay. And. Um, because, you know, back then people were still doing chicken pox parties. Mm -hmm. Not everybody. I, I think probably due to age that uh, your body would not be able to fight it off as, as much. Um, the reason why you get shingles is because you've been exposed to the virus and so you have it in your body already. And it would just be a reactivation of it. But shingles is more concentrated around, you know, like your midriff and chest area you and think, hurts. Very, very painful. You think macro nature is scary watching a cheetah chase down an antelope and what happens after it catches it. 
Yeah, you don't know you don't know scary until you've looked underneath a freaking mag or microscope. Oh, I don't know. Uh, male mallard ducks uh, screwing. No, a, no, a, no, 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 no. Some people are gonna get this reference. Some are not, and I don't care. So we're not going there. Damn it. You know, I told you, I wanted a nice, classy show, but no, no, we got to go ahead and we got to start talking about stuff. I mean, so, yes, th there are carnivorous worms out in the Amazon that look like a gigantic prolapsed anus, but we're not, we're not, damn it, that's right, this isn't Friday night. Ah, you know, thanks, <laughs> thanks, ever You're so welcome. much. But, but, one look under a microscope, I mean, hell. World War One. we saw the first mass-scale use of machine guns, tanks, bombers, art uh, well, okay, not the first artillery bombardment, but by far the largest-scale artillery bombardment this fucking little rock has ever seen. And what was the number one killer during World War One? Anybody? I'm trying to remember what it was, and I can't for the life of me for whatever stupid reason. Was it the flu? Well, yes, yeah. there, there was the whole Spanish flu that happened immediately, well, started during the war, but the real impact of it was just after the war. Um... But yeah, uh, pneumonia, friggin' uh, sepsis. Disease kills more people in war than pretty much all weapons combined. With the one exception being, you know, atomic weapons, which we've only seen used twice. Fortunately, at least in uh, in warfare. Yeah. And that's a whole other barrel of worms for another day. Anyway. But there's a yeah. reason there's a reason why well, infants. Let's let's just call a spade a spade what it is here for a second. There's a reason why infants are specifically given vaccinations as early as they are in the method that they are, in the timing that they are. And it's because infants don't know how to talk. They don't know how to speak. They don't know how to math. They don't know how to hold their own damned head up. So they have to learn. Similarly, their bodies don't know how to deal with the stuff that we adults have been lucky enough to survive through with a little bit of help. And it's exactly the same thing. They're given the opportunity for their body to biologically learn how to deal with this stuff. And... Chickenpox is one of those things that's relatively new. 
Okay, it's not exactly deadly, but it's not exactly comfortable. But if memory serves, uh, again, Bridget, there are still people living today, not many anymore, but there's still people living today who either were having to deal with, you know, things like, I don't know, um, mumps and... Um, Shoot, I was trying to remember uh, measles, polio. Mm -hmm. If memory serves, uh, wasn't one of the American presidents very well? Had also, polio. Yeah. Yeah, which one was that specifically? Uh, was uh, FDR? Spot mm -hmm. on. Bingo. Okay. And one of the things that polio does to you is does nasty things to your legs sort of now remind me if i remembered it correctly it kind of screwed up the nerve pathways to your legs wasn't it well it caused paralysis that... and not only in your legs but it could also do it in your arms it could do it in your chest that's why you had people in iron lungs yeah, and that's something you don't hear about anymore, except in maybe uh, the occasional TV or movie. Not that anybody remembers what the hell that is. And funny enough, I'm going to kind of use part of that in a second. But FDR famously, well, after the fact famously, didn't let people really know, or at least he didn't, he didn't have it shown as something that was really a thing. Because he would still stand to give speeches. And he would show himself as being able to stand up and be there and ready for you. And when he was done, as a gentleman, he would sit down to seed the floor. Meanwhile, he's sitting down in a, his own personal wheelchair to get around. Because, well, kind of need that. We don't really have polio happening anymore, do we? No. Not in this country. That's a good thing. There is, or there was, a movie back in the 70s. The Boy in the Plastic Bubble. I remember that one. Yes, you do, because amongst other things, it was semi-parodied on Seinfeld, I found out afterwards, because I'd never really watched that show and whatever. Do you remember the the general overall uh, idea of what, what or who the boy in the plastic bubble was? He, I'm not sure what disease it was that he had. They may not have even said in the show, but he had a really crappy immune system and just anything would make him sick and could kill him. So he had to stay isolated and wasn't allowed out. He would have died. Yep. That's pretty much it. And he was constantly in a... Let's see if I remember right. It would have been called a, a positive pressure environment. I think is what it would have been called. Okay. 
So the idea was that um, they kept pumping in purified air so that he wouldn't get an infection from something. And he had to be isolated, at least physically isolated, from pretty much everybody and everyone. Which, as you can probably imagine, as we've talked about before, being isolated does kind of nasty things to people's psyche after a while. So I can well yeah. imagine somebody, you know, a kid growing up in an environment where you don't really get the chance to touch anybody could really be... What's the expression? Yeah, but what quality of life? It's hard to think about that sometimes. Anyway. So what for this... One yeah. of the many reasons why, if ever I am reduced to a vegetative state, my last will and testament specifically says that my stepdad is the one who is to pull the plug when it is determined that there is no hope of recovery, because he's the one person I know who will actually do it. Okay. Well... I've basically said uh, on multiple occasions, um, if if there's the if there's a chance and I'm kind of out of it, give me thirty days. If I'm not good in thirty days, nah, don't don't waste your time. It's not worth it. That was probably the hardest part of my mom's passing for a lot of the family. Was, I mean, let's face it, she had died in the kitchen when the whole thing happened and yeah, they managed to resuscitate. They managed to restart her heart and, but like she had to be put on uh, forced respiration because her lungs weren't working properly. You know, all, all, all these autonomic functions were just not working properly. And when we finally got a look at the brains uh, at the scans for, uh, for the brain activity, and so there was just nothing. It was practically static. Hmm. And we, you know, they 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 kept her alive for about a week on those machines. But you know, at that point, it's it's just a body, and that's it. There was nothing else left. Yeah, it's. Um... It's it's a weird, delicate thing, man. You know, you you run a giant edge of sketch through a brain, and suddenly there is no more you, and that's you know what are you, what are you gonna do, man? Talk about a complete downer for a second. By the way, uh, back over to the uh, back over to the live chat because you know stuff has been going on. Uh, you know, tripping. Um, yeah, apparently I'm going back a little ways because I, I didn't pick this one up earlier. Thanks. Uh, finger up the finger up the hiney isn't the problem. It's trying to wipe the lube. Doc's still watching, then waddling out of the office, then the ride home. Thanks. Ew. Thanks. Well, see, that's why you carry a handkerchief with you and you just no, just cram a cork no, in it. And... No, no, 
when you get home, throw out the handkerchief and never speak of it again. And thank you for putting that line from Mr. Deeds back in my memory. Yes, hey, appar apparently... You're very welcome. Apparently you have anal seepage. That would explain a lot. Don't... Don't know, don't care, don't want to... Uh, Stephanie and Trippin had, uh, had this kind of a back-and-forth thing. Uh, Stephanie, in the Middle Ages, what usually ended a siege was infections. Trippin answering, uh, catapulting infected bodies must have been interesting. Which, if memory serves, that was cows. Interesting. Uh, that's one way to put it. Absolutely pants-shittingly terrifying for the receiving end. More so the case. And yeah, cows were used. Goats were used. Pigs were used. Uh, severed body parts were used. Uh, decapitated heads were used. Funny enough, there was a, I forget uh, which figure it was, but there was a uh, warrior from the steppe who had a habit of uh, decapitating his enemies and then writing uh, with the severed heads hanging by their hair from his saddle. And what happened to him? One of the severed heads hit the saddle and dug its, uh, dug its teeth into his leg. And he died from the infection. Um, okay. Huh. So I, I'm now wondering if it was a recently decapitated but still slightly alive. Because that... Okay, because if slightly alive and intentional, that's called retribution. If dead and just an accident, that's just... Well, you got dumb. But that's just me. People do dumb things all the time. We are not a smart species. Ah, yes. Uh, let's see. The person in question was Sigurd Einsteinson or Sigurd the Mighty. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Earl of Orkney. He severed the head of male Bright. It's very hard for me to pronounce these. There's way too many accents over the freaking vowels. Just, just sum up. But yes, basically, he decapitated him. One guy killed another guy. He cut then, his head off. He then hung the head from his from his saddle as a trophy, but one of the teeth grazed against his leg, which caused a uh, terminal infection. Which at that time was not too terribly difficult to do. Well, yeah, and this was uh, circa 1875, 1892. Well, 1892 was about the time of the battle. Okay, so, yeah, not too terribly difficult. And uh, uh, Stephanie was saying, uh, no, Shujin, it was human bodies. Yeah, we kind of got, we kind of covered that, probably crossed over. Uh, Dysteric killed off the Black Prince. I don't remember who that is, but I'll, I'll take it. And Trippin? Uh, anybody remember tonight's topic? Yes. And we're actually using it because these infections, as mentioned, could come from who only knows what. But one of the things that we learned is that various infections are, well, at this point in our career as a species, relatively simple to get rid of. 
relatively. Let me uh, let me let me throw uh, one item out and uh, and see who's got the who's got something to to say about it. The generic term of triple antibiotic ointment, better known for some as bacitracin. Hmm. Neosporin. Same Neosporin. stuff. Yep. It's good stuff, especially if you've got a cut. You want to put a little something extra extra on your yeah. uh, on your band aid. Up until we've gotten to the point of using it so damn much that bacteria start, you know, feeding off the damn shit, which is not outside the realm of possibility, as we have learned. True that. Yeah, it was uh, great. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to dig up that video again, uh, Bridget. If memory serves, it was uh, E. coli that was uh, put on a on a giant uh, agar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was fun. For those of you that don't know it, uh, E. coli spread on a giant agar mat. I guess it's probably, is is that the right way of saying the word? Is it agar? That's what I always called it. So basically, sure, yeah, fine, we'll go with that, right? Sure. Yeah, sure, right, we'll go with that. I'll find the uh, I'll find the video. So E. coli. And um, they put it in uh, in one section that had no uh, antibiotic to it, and then they had another section with one with the standard level of antibiotic to it. And then, what was the next level up? Do you remember? Oh, they added more to it. The next level up was uh, ten times the uh, the uh, antibiotic dosage. Do you remember what was after that one? No. Add a zero. Hundred. <laughs> they went out to hundred. You know what came after that? Thousand. Thousand. Who was it that said it? Anything can be the poison. The real question is the dosage. I don't remember, but um, it's it, it's true. But um, the thing that was scary about this thing was E. coli was able to cross a thousand times the normal antibiotic dosage in four. Days. Fourteen days. Um, that that I would say qualifies as uh, superbug material. Yeah. Now, ah, found it. Ferris. Paracelsus. All things are poison, for there is nothing without poisonous qualities. It is only the dosage that makes a thing poison. Okay. 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 I'll go with that. Um, air is uh, is a poison, but it's it's a it's a necessary poison. So when you don't have enough of that poison, you die. That sounds about right, right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, we'll go with that. 
but dealing with infections after the fact is not the same thing as the vaccinations before the fact. There are certain there are certain things with uh, with infections that you really can't do very much about because well it's and something that people don't tend to think of very often. We've been vaccinating for let's say about two hundred years. Would you agree? Well, mm-hmm. yes, the, that's what we're saying. The the first mm-hmm. cases really qualify, uh, you know, two hundred years. Do you realize how quickly? The, the various viruses and bacteria that we vaccinate people against can change to where that vaccination is no longer effective? Mm-hmm. What's, yeah, what, what is the, uh, what would you, is there a uh, medical term for how quickly a particular virus or a uh, particular strain of bacteria can mutate. You got me. <laughs> yeah, it's aside, it's aside from evolution, but you know, no. but like, there's no, there's no like specifically technical term for how how prone or how quickly. I mean, uh, it becomes more virulent, but. Um... Now, viruses, not too big a deal because they typically don't change their genetic makeup all that much. But bacteria, they change it like some women change shoes. No offense. Well, they're very promiscuous. They are. What's Conjugation is a thing, and they'll swap different DNA back and forth and acquire resistances that way. Your your average human can produce, uh, let's say one one to two offspring because triplets are a rarity, and anything more than that is kind of a, you know, case study in and of itself. But we'll say your typical human can produce one to two offspring every say what, uh, ten months or well, how, how soon? How long before after birth is it before a woman is able to conceive again? Well, I mean, it can be immediately. I've known several people who were, you know, three or four weeks post-childbirth and get pregnant again, which is not advisable, but it happens. So let's say 10 months. Well, eh, yeah, let's, 40 let's, weeks, 42, let's, give or take. Let's, let's give it, you know, the benefit of the doubt. Per year, average human uh, procreation can be, you know, one to two offspring. Fair. Bacteria? Average yeah. procreation in an hour can be can be in the thousands. Yep. And for every every uh, instance of you know your child being born with a different color eye set than that of uh, either parent, aside from you know adultery, uh, that's that's just you know how genetic mutation works. Speed that up to bacterial levels. If we stopped using vaccines, we'd have no way of seeing what happens. We, we'd have no warning when there is a genetic shift in a particular bacteria that we're trying to protect people against. 
Well, if you're not giving people vaccines, how are you trying to protect them? You're really not. I don't know. And I'm actually in the middle of trying to find a specific number myself. And this is being a real pain in the butt because I can't find the damn number. Jeez, this is going to be annoying because I know exactly what I'm looking for and I can't find the damn, you know. I'm sorry. This is this is one of those items that I am I'm just hell bent on fight. There it is. Joey, you'll appreciate it. One million seven hundred and seventy one thousand five hundred and sixty one. One million seven hundred seventy one thousand five hundred sixty one. That's assuming that's, that's assuming one triple multiplying with an average litter of ten, oh, producing a new no. generation every twelve hours over a period of three days. Screw y'all. <laughs> the yes. fact that I don't have that memorized, however, is a, a point of contention for me now. Damn it. Anyway. Uh oh. Stephanie has uh an item. Uh, hyper mutability. That sounds that sounds about right. The the tendency for which genetic uh, genetic data can shift between generations sounds about right. Uh, and and something to keep in mind: we're com we are very complex animals. True. So. We don't really, we might have like one or two uh, typos when when we go to copy genetic material, which is what we call, you know, procreative mutation. Um, but the simpler the item, the more drastic those typos become. You might not notice a single typo in a novel, which would be kind of the way uh, you could think of for human uh, mutation. But you notice a, you notice a, a, a typo when it's just one sentence. Ha given how simple the genetic makeup of a lot of bacteria are, one little change can have massive implications. Yeah. By the way... Um... Stephanie, just for the hell of it, I actually went looking up hypermutability. And I, I'm saying it slowly to make sure I say it correctly. I went and I looked it up. Hypermutability does show up in Wiktionary. Yes, there is Wiktionary. <sighs> hypermutability. Noun. The state of being hypermutable. I hate it. When you have to go ahead and say to somebody, you can't use the term to define the term. That's kind of missing. Okay, fine. When I looked it up, the entomology of hypermutable is, well, in genetics, for instance, something that mutates rapidly. So you got the right term. Well done. That's a new one by me. And another bone of contention, because I hate it when you go ahead and use the term to define the term. <laughs> anyway, 
but that's a whole other thing for later. So, again, continuing to bring us forward to what happened out there in Washington State and the left coast, there are now outbreaks of, let's see if I remember right, um, measles for one item. Yep. You know what? Let's just let's just stay with that one for a second, because I heard something that I believe is correct. If someone is, let's say, let's call it pregnant with measles. I know, I know, I know. Just go with me on this one a second. Mm. And they are contagious. If they are in a room and then leave that room, that room is still hot as in can infect people for two hours what is the general um the generally accepted percentage of infectious infection rate for measles anybody the acceptable rate well as 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 in generally speaking if if somebody is exposed to measles, percentage wise, how many people are going to be actually, you know, come down with a case of the measles? I don't know, but you don't want that pregnant woman getting them. Yeah, because um, it could kill, you know, the fetus. Yep, and, and if um, not kill it, then leave it with severe. Artifacts. And uh, in an unvaccinated uh, situation for an otherwise healthy human, if memory serves, I believe that number is somewhere up in the uh, 95%, give or take. Sounds about right. I believe, wait, no. Somewhere between 85 and 95, I believe. Is but it, it is highly contagious. There was that case a few years ago where outbreaks in different states were tracked to this one girl at was it disneyland yep couldn't remember if it was disneyland or disney world because i get those two mixed up yeah i do too uh and i'm actually double checking to find the number because like i said i thought it was in the I can't find uh, I can't find the I can't find the number off the top of my head, but I did find the listing for uh, for the uh, for the infection itself. Usual onset: ten to twelve days after exposure. Duration: seven to ten days. Now, how long you are communicable at that point, I unfortunately cannot find that one really quickly. But um, 20 million people per year, 73,500 deaths in 2015. Great scheme of things. Uh, that's... If you were to do the numbers, 
74, 74, 74,000 people dying out of 20 million. That's a percentage wise. That's a pretty low percentage and that's mm -hmm. great, but that's still 20 million people that have to deal with the bug that pretty much don't have to. And why are there so many that are able to survive at this point? Aftercare. I mean, really, what else, what else can we say? You know, there's the opportunity of people to be um, given water and food and tended to for things like, oh, I don't know, um, being now malnourished or dysentery or, or, you know, whatever else that they go through, uh, symptoms, fever, cough, runny nose, inflamed eyes, rash. Okay. You know, lightweight, really, when you think about it, complications, however, pneumonia As somebody who's had pneumonia, mm -hmm. I don't recommend it. Mm -mm. Seizures, encephalitis, subacute sclerosing panacify can't even fucking pronounce that what the hold on a second let me copy this schlegelhofen here here you pronounce it subacute scler subacute sclerosing panencephalitis Right, like I said, Schlegelhofen. I can't. It. <laughs> it's 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 Greek. I don't care. I know it's not Greek. Shut up. But um, I mean, let's face it. Uh, just right off the bat, pneumonia. You're five years old. Um, yeah, pneumonia. Can pneumonia's a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. For those of you that are kind of wondering, uh, okay, well, pneumonia. I mean, no big thing, right? Uh, no, no. Do you do you actually know what pneumonia is? Um, to, to over-dramatize it a little bit, um, you're drowning. Think about it in those terms. Yeah. You're drowning. In your own mucus. And I, I know, like I said, I, I know I'm kind of over-dramatizing it, but, uh, Bridget, if, if you were trying to paint a very broad expression of what pneumonia is, I don't think I'm too far off, really. No. And it feels, I mean, you, you feel sort of like you're drowning, sort of. Like, especially if you lie down with it, it makes it really hard to breathe. Your oxygen level can drop dangerously low. And it can cause hypsemia. It can kill you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Stephanie did the, uh, ran the numbers very quickly. Thank you. Uh, between... 20 million per year versus 74 let's go with uh, i'm assuming 74,000 uh deaths that comes out to 0.3% fatality at that point which again that's a good number provided you're not in the 0.3% of that bell curve and considering that this is something that could be handled for you know I believe the expression is we can do better. 
I mean, we've got smallpox to show for it. But it's one of those things that you know, polio, except for some of those countries in the Middle East that decided it was a ploy to, you know, I don't know if it's mind control, get them sick with something else, whatever, but they don't trust it. No. And then you've got the people here in the Western countries, in the Western world, who are just like, I just assume have my kids suck on lollipops with each other to get chicken pox or I'm just going to do it especially and in, in, in rub crystals on, on their body, you know, like the silicon crystals, uh, thumb drives, I guess, I don't know, because they vibrate at a certain frequency that help your, your body maintain its its girlish figure. I don't even know what the hell it is that these people are thinking. I really don't. It it it, it is there some rationality that we can actually say, okay, I can understand where you're coming from, even if you're wrong, but I get where you're coming from. Every time that somebody has said, well, it's this. No, that that's, that's not a thing. Okay, well, it's... I'll give you the one. The only one that I know of that made some kind of sense the mercury question it's not used anymore though and hasn't been used for many 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 years 20 plus years i believe is is the current number since the late 90s i believe which means anything that uh, could have been on the shelves that still had the old um what the uh, i'm trying to remember was it was it uh Methyl mercury? I forget which one it was. Anyway, but it 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 in and of itself was really not dangerous because what it was and how much there was of it, but it was also it, anything that would have had that in it is well past its shelf life and would not be used and cannot be used and has not been used because it doesn't exist anymore. And it's one of the only arguments that ends up popping up every once in a while. It's just dumb as all hell. And, uh, yeah, Stephanie's got, uh, got a thing. And yeah, I was thinking about that one also. And it's annoying. Uh, she's pointing out the CIA used fake immunization programs to find Osama bin Laden. And messed it up for the real people. Yeah. 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 Yeah, they did. And yeah. And polio was almost eradicated. Almost. Would have been. So we've got that to look forward to. So uh congratulations, uh world. You brought back the manufacturing sector for iron lungs. Well done. Real great. Thanks. So, like I said, measles. Kids with measles. 
in an enclosed area of 20,000 people, maybe. That's bad. That's bad. That's hellaciously bad. And like we said, over there on the West Coast, there's stuff that's that's just flowering up all over the place. And oh. immunizations have been skyrocketing, like I said at the top of the show, 500% in some areas because some families finally got the fear of God and said, uh, yeah, you know what? Um, maybe it's probably a good idea to go ahead and do this too. But just just because, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Well, Maybe. you have some kids. There's just I've read it um, with kids saying, you know, hi. What am I supposed to do? My mom's an anti-vaxer, but I want to be vaccinated. How do I do this without her consent? Yeah, yeah. I I, I remember hearing about that. I didn't I didn't follow up on it because I I I didn't. I don't know how much truth there is to that or the legality of it if it is true but um <sighs> well, it probably depends on what state they live in yeah yeah it probably does uh to that end we here at hctv cannot advocate breaking the law we will not advocate breaking the law. However, I will advocate for if you are a minor and you've not been vaccinated and you want to be and your parent or parents or guardian or whatever don't want to, send me their phone number and I will give them an earful. And I'll tell you why. I don't make phone calls. I, generally speaking, don't like talking to people on the phone. But I will be more than happy to go ahead and give somebody what for because they will richly deserve it. Keep that in mind. But again, we will not advocate for you to break the law. So please don't break the law which also goes for the people who are in various other states. Please don't get back alley abortions. That's a whole other thing entirely for another day. Believe me, that's one that's still waiting. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a whole other thing. Um, and see, Stephanie's, you know, you, you keep hitting up with a couple of other things, you know, uh, saying it was not even mercury it was a compound yeah exactly it, it's it, it was a compound that had mercury attached to it because that's that's the way it is and she also you know mentioned you know try living without sodium chloride sodium and chloride are lethal yeah you separate them they're 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 kind of banned since world war one but that's only in their you know gaseous form you put them together Tasty, tasty meat. But that's a different piece. What do we do? We've got swaths 
of people, parents, new parents, who are, for whatever reason, completely discounting the idea that 200 plus years of medical science shows this is the right thing to do. And 70, let's call it 70 years worth of experimental data that shows not only does it work, it's pretty damn safe to do. It's kind of clear that there's an, there's a confidence issue here and these people don't seem to have any real grasp on what reality is. So, you know, instead of making, you know, judging the value of something in reality themselves, they depend on someone else and it all comes down to who they trust. So if they, if they're gotten a hold of by some anti-vax guru and uh, they develop a tr trust towards them, then, um, you know, that's going to be their belief because they're going to follow that person for survival guidance. And so in their minds, they're, they're really helping their, their children, but, uh, you know, they don't know any better basically because they never learned how to make value judgments for themselves. They haven't taken responsibility for their own survival, so they can't very well take responsibility for somebody else's. Yep. And as far as to speaking about the uh, the guru in question, I couldn't remember for the life of me what the hell his name was, and there's a reason for it because he's a dick. I went and I just double checked, and there it is. Is it Dr. Wakefield? Yep, Andrew Wakefield who served up the whole fear of vaccinations with a case study of 12 people, which was not 12 people. It was 12 kids that were specifically served up to him. And it wasn't a case study because it was him mass fudging numbers and had an agenda and was looking to make a buck and was so completely discredited that he was stripped of his doctor and no, yeah, they ripped pissed. everything off that guy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They and, and here's the sad part is he they ripped him a new one. They said, look, you know, what you did is everything against how medical science is supposed to behave and do. You've destroyed trust and credibility that you know that we've worked hard for, yada yada yada. And you know, we've had plenty of time to get past this as a people, and people keep citing his fuck freaking work and coming back to it going look this discredited doctor you know he's actually telling the truth they they just want us to buy drugs from big pharma and that and it's just a conspiracy and you know we'll get autism and we'll get all it's like dude we've already discredited this stuff we've already proved that that these vaccinations don't cause autism okay that help happens before we even get to the vaccination part all right. If vaccinations caused autism and it was the vaccinations of the parents that were causing it, do you know how much the ratio would change of kids being born with autism would be? How much higher that number would be? It'd be insane. And we're not seeing that because vaccines don't cause autism. 
Ne never mind that they can't even define what autism is. I I don't think it it's like scare words. The the thing it just, I think the actual meaning of the words used doesn't even matter. It's just um it's just a trust issue. Well, I trust him, so I'm going to listen to everything he says and that's it. Um autism itself is a fairly known commodity. It's still something that is being better it's understood. A it's a parachute term for a lot of things. It, admittedly, there are... And yes. it's what's underneath that parachute that's changing like almost every year. Because different pieces of it are being better understood now that they're being better analyzed and better categorized. The and problem is the parachute. The problem is the parachute because you have to start from a large area and wheel your way down. Well, no, they're starting from a premise. And that premise would be? Um, a traditional... The word, basically. Uh, they're trying to fit... Um, behavior aspects into like one box many different behavior aspects of behavior into one box types of behavior if you will right that supposedly doesn't fit in with the status quo it's traditional it's hard to explain but um you could almost call it quote unquote non-normal behavior Fair. Because if you look at everything under the parachute, there's so many different types of uh, behavior. Like, um, I think it was one psychologist that even said, well, if you want to find people on the autism spectrum, all you have to do is go to MIT. The halls are filled with them. Fair. And uh, I am getting called out, Stephanie, autism is not understood, Shujin. Most people think Rain Man. And I do not. However, let me clarify where my position about the whole damn thing is the same way that we end up having um larger terms for lay lay people versus those that are actual professionals in the field that would actually say okay you would call it autism well we've got asperger's which has got its own graduation system over here we have uh, I don't remember what, what some of the other pieces are, but various different categories that have their own pieces to it. And collectively, people have considered these different pieces that we have better slices of as, quote-unquote, autism as a big blanket term for all these different things, even though they aren't actually... That has been my understanding at this point as a layperson. I, I know this is not your particular area of expertise at the moment, Bridget, but it, it, have I thought about it in the right way to the best of your knowledge? And I, I, again, knowing full well, that's not your area of expertise. But you're the only one that I would think of that would have uh, anything close to firsthand or even secondhand knowledge. I'll come along with it. <laughs> Okay, so basically, it's a matter that you're you're you don't know specifically yourself currently. Oh. Okay, it, it, it's gotten to a point where the, the use of the term is actually 
working against understanding of it, you know, understanding of behavior. Because, you know, it, it's, it's so widely defined, you know, a lot of people say uh, it means something now. It means something different to everybody who hears it. There's a lot of uh, phrases of uh, spectrum disorder um, that that go around. Um, my, I have a young relative who is he's got issues. Um, he has certain kinds of issues that. You know, they have a scale that they measure the different issues on. And those have various names and things that apply to them. And then depending on where you're on that scale can determine whether or not you can get additional financial aid, whether you can get into certain pro, you get your child into certain programs for different things. Um, it's very interesting and yet a little creepy at the same time but you know as somebody who me me as somebody who personally has their own um quote-unquote mental abnormality if you will i kind of understand the, the concept um and the need for it as we try to understand what is happening and um, how to define things in a way that we can look and we can go, okay, this is X, Y, and Z, and we know how to deal with this. This needs a little more. This needs a little more attention here. This needs uh, these medications over here because they're in, in this area over here. Um, and it, 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 huh? Well, if you don't mind, the, I think the use of this term autism, for me, it's almost... Um, I'm it's talking like, about... Uh, the, the, the only reason I said uh, vaccines don't cause autism is because you hear these anti-vaxxers saying, oh, it causes autism, causes autism. And, and you're right. They don't really know what autism is. They have the, that general idea that may be Rain Man or it may be... I don't, I don't think they even know what a, a vaccine is. I don't think they know any of this. I think no. they... They, they're just, you know, they've chosen somebody to follow and believe, and that's all they're doing. Well, they, there was the a, um, might there as well was a medical follow. doctor. There was, there was a woman who went into, it was either a forum or some kind of social interaction, online social interaction, and some person had posted what was in a vaccine. One, I don't remember which vaccine it was, but it was the long list of ingredients and had made the claim that, you know, if you can't, if you don't know what these things are, you shouldn't be taking these things. And the medical doctor gave this long list of ingredients and said, by the way, just because you don't understand what these are doesn't mean you should stop taking them because this is the ingredients in a pineapple. Yep. And, uh, Stephanie has also uh, had a, a couple of things. And uh, uh, now that you typed this last one, I, I now have a little bit better context for it. Uh, Stephanie had said, by the way, earlier, uh, remember she said, uh, autism not understood should most people think Rain Man. She continued on. That's not my point to me. Uh, you actually try to educate yourself. As Joseph says, people prefer their ignorance. Um, I 
wasn't quite understanding that at the time because I was thinking several things simultaneously. But she also put over here, and this is where it's finally clicked for me correctly. Joseph is right. The anti-vaxxers have no idea what a vaccine is or how it works. Now, the way that you have been typing this all out, this this now makes a, a hell of a lot more sense for me at this point. And this is true for, for the majority. I know full well that we're painting with a large brush and you get into Can trouble I when you do that. But one, one second. The idea that these people who use the fear-mongering mantra of autism, vaccination, link, my baby, I believe that you are correct. The vast majority of these people, again, pitting with a large brush, have simply hooked on to something because of fear and uncertainty and doubt and they have a level of guilt that says it can't have been me and my genes that I gave to this innocent person. It had to have been an outside factor. I don't want the responsibility for something that I didn't have any control over. Instinctively. But there's one thing I'd like to uh, yes, uh, by all return, means. return to. Uh, it's, um, it's not that they, these people, they don't prefer their ignorance. They don't know anything outside it. Like, you know, they're, they have their, if you want a belief bubble or survival bubble or, you know, things they know. And if anything is outside it, and if the, it, it's even worse, if those things they know come from some other human, they depend on, you know, some quote unquote leader. So if anything outside of anything outside of that bubble is just dangerous, it's different. It's, you know, new and they don't, they don't know what it is. So um, it's not that they prefer a state of ignorance. It's they're kind of stuck in one. Um, the only way outside of that is, uh, of course, education. Well, I think we're going to start to see people like that become pariahs of a sort. Um, there are pediatricians now that refuse to see children who haven't been vaccinated. Yep. And I know a couple of years ago... Uh, Australia basically said, uh, if uh, if you're getting public assistance, uh, you don't have a choice. You're getting you're getting your kids vaccinated, and if they're not, you're not getting public assistance on stuff, which I know for well is a tough piece. But um, you know, there's there's no there's no good reason. There's no valid reason. There's no scientifically literate reason for kids not to be vaccinated. It, 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 I'm sorry. The numbers of. Well, it doesn't just affect that kid. I mean, it affects anybody no. else around them that cannot have the vaccine because their immune system's too weak or they're allergic to it or whatever. No, I got, I got you. I got you, but her community um, is a is a thing, and, and I feel like it's a social obligation. That's fair. Um, and um, something tells me that we could probably end up going uh, quite a bit longer, but I don't. Uh, I don't think that we really need to go too very much longer. Uh, I'm going to give you guys a, a 
whatever uh, whatever last item in uh, just a second, but uh, I'll just do mine really quickly. Um, for me, it's real simple. Look at the difference between one decade and the next in the cemeteries of how many five-year-olds are buried in a population from when vaccination started and before. And I think the numbers kind of speak for themselves. You don't want to care about the rest of the population. How about you care about your own damn kids? As a parent, that's about all I got because uh, I don't even want to. I don't even want to think about it. Tech, uh, I'll, I'll throw I'll throw it your way and uh, see if there's anything that you want, and I'll throw it down the rest of the line in a sec. As a father, um, I made sure all my son got all his vaccinations, and I do it because I love him, and I do it because. Um, part of me doesn't want to see a news article saying, Hey, you know, because so-and-so didn't get a vaccination. They were the outbreak patient of whatever crap. And because of the fact that they were the outbreak patient, these kids, other kids who had no choice due to genetic makeup, um, died, you know? That's putting a burden on my family name. That's putting a burden on my son. That's putting a burden on society. That just doesn't need to exist. I had a lady at work who refuses to get the flu shot. Now, I don't begrudge her this because she and I talked, and it turns out she's one of the kinds of people that when she gets these, when she tries to get these shots, because she no longer tries anymore, um, she gets extreme fevers, extreme symptoms, uh, borderline hospitalization needs, can't, you know, it, she's one of the people who reacts extremely negative to these things. They don't do work on her the way they're supposed to. And that is no fault of her own. That has to do to her genetic makeup. Um, and she even has a direct family member who can't, couldn't get vaccinations due to very similar reasons. Um, this is not their fault. This is not something that they can control. I do not uh, begrudge them this. I do not hate them for it. I don't think that they're lesser people just because I can vaccinate and, they, and, and that family member of that young lady can't. I don't think any less of her because of the flu shot issue. Um, I personally don't get flu shots myself right now because my immune system is still at a stage where it fights off the immune, uh, the flu sh so effectively that when I don't get the flu shots, I almost always don't get the flu. And when I do, it's very, very minor because my immune system is very capable of dealing with the various strains that have been out there. Now, in about 20 years, you bet your ass I'm going to be getting flu shots because my immune system is going to be in the like shit by then or worse or somewhere along that lines of going downhill. I'll be, well, screw it. I'll be 26 again. Anyway, um, or 37 or whatever the damn joke was. Um, 
But at that point, I'm going to have to acknowledge that, okay, my immune system is not what it is right now. It's going downhill because as I age, everything's going to go downhill. I need to go get my butt some flu shots. Um, people, there are points where, yeah, okay, fine. I'm doing fine now, like me, without the flu uh, shots because, you know, maybe my immune system's doing great and everything else. But these vaccinations that we give our kids, these aren't for just right then and there. This is for our entire lives. In some cases, some things have to be renewed. Some have boosters and such. But, but this is to prevent these horrible, horrible things. I'm not talking about the flu. I'm talking about the kinds of things where you look at a child and go, oh, my God, how could anybody let that happen ever? Or you look at a person and go, will somebody please put a bullet through their head and put them out of their misery? Those are the things we're preventing with vaccinations. And if you can't see that, you need to sit down and question what you know and go look at other sources other than the one telling you that vaccinations are bad. Because if you're going to listen to just that one side, you're in an echo chamber that's going to get you or somebody you love potentially killed. Fair enough. Joe, anything you've got left? If you've got a mute button that you need to use. Joe, did you not... uh... Okay, I don't know. Maybe he stepped away at this point. Uh, Bridget, anything, anything last for you at the moment? Mm, no, I think I'm good. Just vaccinate your kids. Get vaccinated yourself. Just do it. Fair enough. And I did get uh, to get a word from uh, Joseph. He had to step away for a couple moments and nothing for him to add. And with that, I guess we'll just go ahead and we'll close it at this point. So as always, everybody, thank you very much for being with us. I hope that you had a a good time and found something worthwhile in all of our perspectives. Got something to think about for tonight. So just uh, say my goodnights for everybody. Uh, Joseph is uh, away from his uh, machine at the moment. So come back around to him. Uh, Tech. Thank you for your time. Glad you were able to make it. You have uh, tried to stay warm tonight, huh? Yeah, no kidding. You have a good night too, guys. No worries, man. Thanks. I do not know that he's gotten back at the moment. Uh, Joey, yes, no, back to say good night? Maybe not yet. All right, we'll, we'll kind of pull it around and see what happens. Bridget, otherwise then, thank you for your time. I'm, I'm very glad you were able to make it because... Um, yeah, thanks. Thanks for bringing up um, milkmaid pus. That's that's <laughs> thanks, man. Yum. And if you want to find me, you can find me on Facebook, Bridget Fitch, or find my blog at bridgetfitch2112.wordpress.com. 
And seeing as how neither of the Joes are here to say goodnight, so on behalf of Joey, uh, what else am I going to do on a night? Oh, speak of the devil. It doesn't sound at all like me, thank you. Uh, it's okay. Glad you're able to make it, man. You try to stay warm. Try. Yeah, about that. I'm noticing that I have a draft in my window. Window's completely shut, but the curtain is flowing. You know, I was going to make a joke and say after you were declared dead once, are they no longer allowed to draft you? You're welcome. Well, they're not allowed to draft me now anyway. You're welcome. That's the beauty of doing your full eight years. It's a bad joke. Never you, you're official. Once you've served eight years, you are no longer considered uh, eligible for selective service. Woohoo! Perfect. Broken quaddled. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, thank you. You take care of yourself. Try to, please, would you? Yeah, I do what it can. Fair enough. And as uh, Joseph is not back just yet, I will say on behalf of him, thank you very much. Glad you were able to be with us. Uh-huh. Oui, oui. Baguettes, fromage. Ta gueule. You know, God damn it! could you... <laughs> Thank you for being with us tonight, Inappropriate chest hair. (laughs) Excuse me. Careful, you're starting to sound like me. Yeah, I don't have a cough button. Neither do I. Thank you. Have yourself a good morning. You you too, sir. You all. I try to have a nice, classy show. Stop saying that. It's can't have a classy show. Saying that, you already... No, no, no. no. It's... Stop saying that. Yeah, that's saying not classy. That. Saying that is not classy. Yeah, it's fine. The irony really goes. You know what? Fine. Whatever the hell it is. If, anyway, if you, oh. if you have to bring up the question of your own class, well, of only money, you have none. Of only power, that too. So with that, thank you everybody for being with us tonight. If you've enjoyed the show and you'd like to get a little bit more of it or listen differently, please take a swing over to the website, holycrapthevlogcast.com. All of our contact information is over there. Don't even try G+, that's closing. Yay, took them long enough. That's all of the thing for later. But if you'd like the audio-only version of the podcast, check on the left side of the page you'll be able to see the link right over from there if you'd like to leave a voicemail message you can go ahead and do that at 859-HCTV-554 859-4288-554 and if you'd like to drop a couple of dollars any time to help out with everything that's patreon.com slash HCTV I I'm cold right now and this is not a good place but you know, whatever. Um, to those of you out there on the left coast, you know, those of you that had no idea what you were getting into, we're sorry for you. For those of you that did not get your kids vaccinated, that did this to the populace, you should be very, very grateful that nobody has decided to arrest and charge you with some kind of, I don't know, maybe some kind of crime against humanity. 
because otherwise I don't think there is exactly a uh, statute on the books for infection. That's a whole other thing for later. In the meantime, you all try to take care of yourselves. All of you that were over in the chat, Stephanie, you're filling up an entire page over here. Thank you. Uh, Trippin, Doc Waxham, know you were over there. You guys have yourselves a good night, and we will see you again sometime in the near future. In the meantime, you know, Stephanie, you dropped something really quickly that could make for an entire episode. The idea if somebody died from one of these involuntary manslaughter. Yeah. I'm that, sure it's already happened. It's possible, but... Well, I've seen something like that on uh, Law & Order, SVU, one time where somebody was being sued because their kid got infected and it killed another child. I don't know that I will be able to put anything together anytime soon, but that is a thought that I'm going to investigate this upcoming week. We'll see, we'll see if anything comes of that. But in the meantime, I guess we will see you uh, next week. So until that point, you will take very good care of yourselves. As always, I wish you all the peace I no longer have. I wish you the strength that I've learned. I wish you well. And of course, as always, for my lady, still just 13 plus years on, I am still in love. <laughs> Matane Fujin, I love you. I miss you. Dream of me. Until next time we get together, everyone. As always, good night. You've been listening to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Feel free to leave a comment at the show's website at holycrapthevlogcast.com, where you'll also find links to our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter pages. Theme music is Twisted by Kevin McLeod available at incompetech.com. And on behalf of all of us here, thank you for listening.